Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Vanderbilt Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, brought to you by betonline.ag. In the Music City, I'm Matt Perkins, and I'm joined once again by former Commodore offensive lineman and NFL veteran Ryan Seymour. On today's show, Ryan and I sit down with Billy Bush Jr. and Gussie Bush of Bush Family Brewed and the Anheuser-Busch Brewing Company. We talk about their experience as SEC football players at Ole Miss and Alabama, life behind the scenes on the reality TV show, what they're up to these days, and much more. But before we get started, we can't forget to... Before we get into the show, we want to remind you guys that we are brought to you by betonline.ag. The NFL and college football seasons are in full swing, and while you may not be at the game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. This weekend, Vanderbilt is 16.5 point underdogs at home to Ole Miss. While Ole Miss has an explosive offense, their defense has not been quite up to snuff. So I'm going to tell you guys to take Vanderbilt plus 16.5. Go ahead to the bank with that one because I think that the Doors will be able to at least score some on the Rebs and keep it close. So no matter who your team is, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, even betting on the election, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else online. Plus, there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head on over to betonline.ag today to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's Bet Online and sign up today. All right, let's hop right into the show. We are back, and we have the honor to be joined by not one, but two of the brothers Bush, Billy and Gussie, here with us today. Guys, thanks so much for taking a little time out of your busy schedule to hang out with Ryan and myself. No, nah, thank you guys. Yeah, thank, to be here. thank you for having it, us. It's been too long, guys. It's been, uh, it's been well, at least a few years since I saw you guys in Dallas. Um, yeah. Obviously, we've got a lot to catch up with tonight about what you guys have been up to. Um, you know, obviously so you guys, the show got released this past year, you know, we got COVID, uh, this is a football podcast. We want to dive in a little bit about your guys' football careers, uh, specifically, you know, Vanderbilt, this is the, the believe in Vandy podcast and, um, Billy, now you were, uh, you were a running back at Ole Miss. Uh, no, actually or a I, linebacker. Yeah, I was a linebacker, but originally I went there to be a fullback and then we linebacker. moved to spread offense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I want to hear both of you guys uh, a little bit about your early football careers. Like, were you guys highly recruited coming out of high school? Uh, what made you guys choose Alabama and Ole Miss? I can – you want me to start? Yeah, you start. Uh, well, honestly, it was kind of a wild ride. Um, I originally did not choose Ole Miss. Um, it sort of just kind of fell into my lap, and then everything just worked out perfectly. But uh, our high school is a small, all-boys, all private Catholic school here in St. Louis. And oh, represent, man. Up. I'm Catholic. I didn't know that about y'all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we were actually taught by monks. It was built on a monastery. So the dudes in the, <laughs> the roads and everything. Some even had those, like, because they came over from England, so a lot of them still had their English accents. So it really it kind of felt like Harry Potter. Was that, is that Shamanad? <laughs> oh yeah. Is it what? Shamanad, is that the school? No, no, we're like brother schools. It's called Priory. Oh, okay, yeah. cool, cool. Yep. 
Yeah, very, very uh, close in distance and, and pretty related to. And, uh, and and Billy, you're I guess what? How many year old, years older than you than uh, than Gussie? Uh, almost four. Okay. So did you guys cross paths in high school? Were you a senior when he was a freshman or? No, he, my freshman year, he already left to college. He graduated when I was in okay. high school. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I didn't know if you guys played together or if you crossed paths at all. And uh, did both of you guys play all four years in high school? Yes. Yes, definitely. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and so you guys, have, so you guys have always played football. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Big football family. Our dad played at Mizzou. Um, actually went to the same high school, so that's why we went to our high school is because our dad went there. Cool. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, Gussie. You saying no, if, no, you, no, so no, if no you were playing as a freshman, what'd you say? No, I was saying if, if me and Billy would have crossed paths playing in high school, I'd have to show him how it's done as a freshman. He would have won. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what right. position in what in what position did you play, Gus? I played linebacker and safety. Okay, so both both Started the family and linebackers. Start yeah, off as a QB. Grade, like, grade, were you like sunshine out there from? Were you like sunshine out there from? Like, remember the Titans? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He grew it out and everything. Those were the glory days. I was, I was, I was just slinging that ball. Eighth grade, ninth grade. <laughs> I played a little bit of JV quarterback, and then I said, "Nah, screw this." I'm. I was running the ball. I was, I was inspired by Tim Tebow when I was in high school. So I was always just keeping it and running it myself. I came to college as a defensive end, and I was like, oh, the one thing I want to do when I'm in the SEC is I want to sack Tim Tebow. That was like my number one goal. I was telling, I told, I used to tell my mom all the time. I was like, mom, I'm going to go to Vandy. We're going to play Florida, you know, once a year, and I'm going to sack Tim Tebow. That was like my goal and my yeah. dream when I first got to college. And then uh, – it wasn't shortly after my first year where they were like, "Yeah, you're uh, you're you're getting a little bit you're a little bit too slow. You're a little bit. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna go ahead and move you to the other side of the ball. We think you're, you're gonna be better there." So, so it was only about six months until until I got moved over to offense. So, but it's the best best thing that ever happened to me. I didn't have to pursue the ball or like chase down the ball after it was thrown. Yeah. So that was like a blessing. They were like, "Oh yeah, and you can gain 30, 40 pounds. Just don't go too crazy." But that didn't happen either. <laughs> so you got to enjoy some food in Nashville. That's it. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. You, now, you guys have come to Nashville a few times, although we haven't been able to cross paths. What would you guys think of Nashville? I love Nashville. Um, I actually went there for the Music City Bowl my junior year, and that was a blast. I mean, just going out with the team in Nashville, just living it up oh, yeah. in, uh, in Nash Vegas, man. Did you, guys like stay was... the, did you guys stay at the Gaylord and, like, do the whole, like, river float and stuff on the ferry on the oh, yeah. General Jackson? Yeah, we did that whole deal. Yeah, that's yeah, a sweet same. hotel. Yeah, it's huge. Obviously, there's Gaylords all over the country. I mean, they've got one in Dallas also. But, um, but yeah, we stayed at the stayed at the Gaylord, took the boat from downtown, got dropped off. Like, you guys got to see the whole Broadway deal, and it was a lot of fun. It was especially fun for us. I mean, we didn't have to travel, obviously, being in the, you know being there in Nashville. So that was kind of nice. We didn't have to, like, you know, travel super far, but we still got to kind of enjoy, you know, at least a change of scenery being with the other teams that we were playing against and that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so, okay. So you guys, um, talk to me a little bit about your, your football experiences in college. So, uh, you guys were both linebackers. It sounded like in high school, were you guys highly recruited, like coming out of high school, like, um, or what was that kind of process like? 
So for me, um, I was recruited since we went to such a small, highly academic school. The original mm-hmm. plan was to go to a college that I wouldn't have gotten into based off of grades alone. And I was going to use football um, to, to really help, you know, push that. And get Absolutely. In. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. Did the same so thing, talking, brother. It did the same thing. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was I was looking at, you know, the smaller liberal, liberal arts colleges, the one double A tier. And I was recruited by a lot of those, you know, from the Ivy League. Mm-hmm. Pioneer Football League, Patriot Football League. Um, mm-hmm. I was actually really digging University of San Diego from the Pioneer Football League and talked to them a lot. Um, cool. Yeah, but for all, all the wrong reasons, just because I fell in love with the campus and it was like a five-star resort. Um, but Nothing wrong with that. No, wrong with no, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Um, but then everything started changing for me, especially after I had an awesome senior year uh, where we – Almost went to state, uh, lost in like the fourth quarter, basically the final minute of the semifinals. And I had an awesome season. I started getting attention from bigger schools. And I grew up, you know, listening to our dad's, you know, hair standing stories about playing at Mizzou and just those big roaring crowd moments and just the stuff that gives you goosebumps. And I was like, man, you're not really going to get that from a small, highly academic school that doesn't care so much about football. And so that's when I realized super last minute that I wanted to experience that and I wanted to feel that for myself and live that. And yeah. um, fortunately, I was, I was talking to Ole Miss at the time and I was actually already committed to University of San Diego. And Ole Miss was just one of those last schools still kind of talking to me and I told them how I was feeling. They're very, very cool about it and basically um, opened up their doors and, and brought me on last minute. Cool. And that Very was nice. Coach Houston. That was Coach Houston Nutt at the time. Okay. okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you, was that was that Houston Nutt or was that Hugh Freeze? So that was Houston Nutt my freshman year, and then I redshirted, and he he uh, got canned after my freshman year, and then Hugh Freeze came on. I played for him all four years after the uh, redshirt season. Man, he still, still keep. Go ahead. I, I, I was going to say, man, he has turned Liberty into a powerhouse these days. Like I know Liberty, it. what are they like five and zero at this point, six and zero, something like that? Like they just be yeah, Syrac- they're undefeated. Listen, yeah, they just beat Syracuse. Yeah, like it's like, nuts. Man. So yeah, and I, and a bunch of those guys I actually play with at Ole Miss are coaching over there with them too. So I'm friends with all those guys. Are you still it. are you still in touch with Coach Freeze at all? Yeah, or a like, little bit. Nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. I hope. You, yeah, that was I mean, gonna I be my next Coach question. Freeze. Was like, are you guys still involved with the program at all? Do you, do you ever get back to to Ole Miss to visit or? Have you guys been to any games uh, since you graduated? We went, so right after I graduated, we went to uh, a couple of the Alabama Ole Miss games. So once at Ole Miss and cool. once at Alabama. Those are always Very the best cool. of the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gus, uh, and then you were, and then you were, uh, did you play linebacker as well at Alabama? I did, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I only played, I only played two years there. Okay. Yeah, I think if I um, was stuck out all five, I wouldn't be able to walk right now. It's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to hear about that. Like, what were those two years? How was those two years, you know, a part of the program? Um, was football during that time just kind of a part of your life? Did you feel like you were kind of one foot in, one foot out? What kind of dedication? How Everyone obviously looks to Alabama as, like, the frontier, as, like, the franchise program that all these other college programs are trying to be like. Yeah. Um, what was, what were those experience? you know, what was it like being in that locker room? Were you kind of surprised Did you have any idea going into it? What those, like, what those training days were going to be like, what practices were going to be like, 
Um, how was your mindset, I guess, being, being on the program? Yeah, it was intense. So yeah, coming out of a small high school with, I mean, we're, we're a three, a school, not much talent on our team. Like it's it's crazy. So going into there, I left for Alabama the day after graduation, May 27th, I think it was, I won't forget. And all my friends were like, what the hell are you going off to do? I was like, I'm playing football. I was, I was totally in. It was, I was, I was a freak about football. I loved it. Obsessed with the sport. Okay. So I went down there. I missed my whole senior, my whole senior summer, missed all the grad parties. Didn't give a shit. was, was loving it and made some good friends right off the bat. I mean, you go down to a school like that and you're, you're putting your blood, sweat and tears and you're barfing in the summer workouts and summer conditioning every day. You become friends with those guys quick, you know? And so I was loving it. I made camp. I went as a preferred walk-on. So there was a time where I wasn't sure because not the whole team makes camp in the D1 program. So I wasn't hundred percent sure I was going to make camp, but I got the letter. The coach called me into camp, which was a huge honor in my first year. And, um, See, that's wild to me because Vanderbilt, we have, you know, historically, like we have to go and recruit preferred walk-ons, right? Like okay. if you, if you, if you pretty much, if you pretty much show up, we're going to take you obviously. So it's so funny to hear about like how it's almost like an NFL mentality there. It's like, you have to make the team every single year. When I was playing in the NFL, just because you sign a, just because you sign a contract, it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to be on the team that year. It sounds like it's very similar there with the kind yeah. of program savings running. So it seems yeah, like probably. a little bit of an NFL mindset. For sure. Yeah. There we'd be watching tryouts of about 50 to hundred guys in, in our indoor practice facility. Like wow. Two or three times a year, just people trying to make a team. And that's, yeah, if you're on the team, you deal at Ole Miss too. It makes you feel honored being a part of the program when you're, when you're on the team playing with all the guys and you see that, that going yeah. on. It's a special feeling. Same thing at Ole Miss, Billy. Yeah, I noticed the exact same things. And I actually wanted to kind of uh, step back and talk about his recruiting process because it was pretty funny watching him get recruited by, you know, like SIU, you know, like Southern Illinois types of universities and stuff. And then Alabama, yeah. and he's going on an official visit to Alabama. It's like, how does that even happen? <laughs> you got all these smaller tier schools and then boom. And then actually, um, he's, he's being pretty modest, but like Coach, Saban brought him into the office and um, told him that, didn't he tell you, you you reminded him of himself, you know, he's, Gus, he's not super tall or super big. I mean, I've got those things, Um, but but he plays big, right? And that's what Saban said. He was like, you know, you play big for your size. You play big and fast. And that that was just how I was. Yeah. Saban Mm -hmm. was really cool on that, on that visit, went into his office, had a long conversation he took us to his house, his lake house on on uh, Lake Tuscaloosa in Alabama. Just no, he was he was amazing. Hell of a recruiter. Uh, Bill, Billy, we got uh, Vanderbilt plays Ole Miss this week. Um, are you keeping up with with the program these days? Have you have you thought about the matchup this week? I mean, for Vanderbilt, we are at a we're at a point right now where we have to get a win, otherwise the future of this program maybe down the drain we we're going off a seven season losing streak we have a head coach right now who um who made a statement last year saying that hey Vanderbilt is going to go in waves and that not every single year we're going to go to a bowl um from Mm. a fan from a fan stand base and from a former player that's like a slap in the face I mean could you see you know could you see 
Saban or could you see your head coach saying like, hey, Ole Miss isn't going to be a team that's going to go to a bowl every year. We're going to be we're going to be a team that's in waves. How would you take um, no, that? How would you take honestly, that? I don't think I'd ever want to play for a coach that would say something like that. <laughs> no, right? Yeah, because it's like, even if, okay, like, let's say you are, you you know you're going to have a bad season. You still want to, like, give hope, right? right? And, like, still say you, you were going to do it, you know? Because, like, the more you say it, the more you believe it, and then the more you believe it, the more it'll actually happen, right? So I don't understand Absolutely. that mentality. That's confusing to me. Yeah, um, we're, we're definitely struggling in Nashville, man. It's just been, especially as a former player, when I was in school, my last two years, I had James Franklin, who's a head coach at Penn State now. And the last two years that I was there, we had a winning season, went to two bowl games. You know, if you're familiar with Vanderbilt's history at all, I don't, I don't even know how many bowl games we've been into in the history of the program. Not many. Maybe you can count on two hands. Um, six or seven, maybe. But we won. ended up winning nine games my senior year. I graduated. He stayed for another season. Ended up winning another nine games after that. And and Coach Franklin's mindset was be one and zero every single week. So it didn't matter who we were playing. It doesn't matter if we were playing an out of conference game or an in conference game. Winning that game that week was the number one priority. Um, and then his mindset was kind of like uh, I was trying to think. Gus made a point earlier. Um, his mindset was just weeding out people who didn't want to be there. Right. And Gus, you kind of talked a little bit about how, when you first got to Alabama, my question was, you know, were you kind of one foot in one foot out? It didn't seem like that was the case at all. You said you were totally committed to the program yeah. you had to put everything you had into that. And you had to make the pro you had to make the squad every year. And Franklin mm -hmm. kind of had that same mindset. Like he wanted to completely weed out of the program that anyone that didn't want to be there and wasn't willing to put every single thing that they had into it. And it very quickly, we had to get rid of a few guys who it was obvious who were just there for other reasons or was just kind of going through the motions or just wanted to be there because they were on scholarship. Um, and so that's the kind of mindset I like to see come in, you know, whoever we perhaps bring in as our next head coach, um, you know, that type of mindset. Um, I guess kind of transition. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like if you want to play in the SEC – you and you have that mindset the second you you have that mindset of one foot in one foot out in the sec you're done i mean right that's the you're, you, you're, you can't mind you. i mean it's it's way too demanding it's insane well yeah, yeah absolutely not and one of the things i was going to ask you uh billy i said have you gotten a chance to like meet lane kiffin at all like what do you think about him being the new coach at ole miss like obviously billy i don't know if he was on the staff while you were at alabama at all but, you know, have you had a chance to either meet or talk with uh, Coach Kiffin? So I haven't uh, talked, met or spoken with uh, Coach Kiffin, but I did play for his brother, Chris Kiffin, when he was the defensive line coach. At, okay, uh, I, under I, I, okay, I so I, I need to I, I need to interject. I met Chris Kiffin on a flight going from. LA to Nashville in 2012, I want to say. And we got, we were on a flight going from, yeah, LA to Nashville because I was living in LA and my now wife was living in Nashville at the time. And he was, uh, and, and he was flying back to Nashville from like a recruiting trip out to LA because it was like where he had to connect to get to Oxford. And someone died on the plane while we oh were God. flying. Oh, and we had to make an emergency. And we had to make an emergency stop in Kansas City, and because wow. like the because like it was like it was an old man, and he just 
he passed. And, you know, uh, and so we had to make an emergency stop in Kansas City. And I sat and talked with Chris Kiffin for like an hour while we were waiting. Cause just cause I was a college football fan, you know, and I, and he was wearing an Ole Miss polo. I was like, oh, or in like, you know, and he looked, I'm like, I'm like, this dude looks like a football coach. Okay. So like, who is he? He could not have been like nicer or just like a better, more conversational dude. Like, yeah, he had to take like phone calls and stuff like we were there. But like every time he took a phone call, he came back and just like picked up the conversation from where we were. So like, I That's will awesome. always have so much respect for, for him, like so much respect for him. Yeah, he's Billy. my boy. I mean, when that new coaching staff came in, he was actually the first coach that I connected with, um, just like on a super personal, just awesome level. And he's like a guy I could go to about anything. I, yeah, I love that dude. He's the greatest. Billy, I was kind of ranting about some of the headaches, I guess, that we've had here in Nashville with Vanderbilt. What are some of the things, I guess, as you you know follow the program over the years at Ole Miss? Maybe when you were there, or maybe things you've seen since you graduated. Um, is there anything in particular about about Ole Miss, about the football program that you'd like to see improvements on? Whether that's facilities, recruiting, what do you think, I guess, could take Ole Miss, you know, from being maybe up there with the Alabamas every year or maybe get back on track, you know, to being like kind of an elite program? Obviously, the last few years, we maybe haven't seen that as much. What do they need to do to kind of get back on track? Besides sn- uh, snatch Arch Manning. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's actually a tough question because everything yeah. is so top notch there. And even uh, they do a great job of recruiting, even being in the heart of, you know, all that insane competition in between, you know, where you've got Alabama, you've got Georgia, you've got Louisiana, you've got Florida, you've got Arkansas, mm-hmm. you've got, you know, all everything everywhere. Um, even Mississippi State was awesome when I was there, when they had Dak Prescott and stuff. So. Uh, I was super fortunate enough to be a part of some of their best recruiting classes. So I had some awesome seasons there, especially at the end. Um, like every year I was going, I, I went to a bowl game. I went to three. Um, so my sophomore year was, you know, like one of the lower ones. Then it got better and then it got really good. I got to, uh, you know, my last one was the, the Peach Bowl, which is uh, New Year's, you know, what is it called? Top eight. So just to go mm-hmm. from, you know, like that was awesome um yeah one of those new year six bowls those are like those are you know like the the big you know the big boys and that's really you know that was one of the things that we saw with hugh freeze there for so long there's like kept getting better and better and better obviously the recruiting kept you know improving there as well with you know like the kendiche brothers and stuff like that i mean like yeah i remember robert kendiche coming out of high school was like one of the biggest freaks you and you played with him right Yeah, yeah yeah i was good friends with his older brother denzel he's actually in my class yeah, and, yeah, because like I, I just remember seeing like a picture of him in high school and thinking like like I'm less of a man for just like existing while he exists on the planet <laughs> as well. So, um, but actually, Gussie, I want to ask I, I want to ask you about sort of that welcome thing at Alabama be, because uh, a couple a couple months ago on the podcast, I had Mac Hereford, who was a walk on okay. wide receiver at Alabama and is now a grad transfer actually at Vanderbilt. And, you Got know, and, and one of the things I asked him about, is, you know, Alabama, obviously you guys you know, you guys have the best of the best when it comes to the recruits there, right? Like it's like five stars being replaced by five stars being replaced by five yeah, stars. Absolutely. So when, when you were there as a linebacker, was there one dude who's like traits that like you wish you could have had in your body? Like, cause like he, cause the thing that Max said was that like, he wishes out of all the dudes he played with Henry Ruggs, Jerry, Judy, all these dudes. He's like, I wish I could run roots, like have like the precision and root running that Jerry Judy did. What was like the one trait from one other guy that you would have wanted that you played with? Uh, let's see. There was, um, 
Well, definitely me, uh, as far as somebody you didn't play with. <laughs> as far as somebody didn't play with, but no, um, Ruben Foster, he was a he was a linebacker. Oh, yeah. He was um, a thumper. He's a great above me. Yeah, that guy, the toughness and the skill level that that guy had was absolutely insane. He was strong, fast, loved to hit, freak of nature. <laughs> if I ever got in a street fight, I would want that guy on my side, and I'm sure we could kick anyone's ass. Did you say you saw him get in a fight and he used one of those like rollers with the beads on it to just start beating the crap out of somebody else? You know those rollers? Where you, like, Were just in the training it? room? Just like, yeah. was it going down in the training room or something? No, yeah, in the locker room, I'm pretty sure. Right? In the locker yeah. room? Yeah, there's some scuffle that, that gets started in there, you know. Um, outside of football a little bit, um, how was your guys' hey, – One thing I did want to mention, oh. though, are two things regarding football. Did you notice um, – how your old coach Franklin just lost to Indiana? Yes. 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 So, yes. Did you see the last? Oh, no, did you guys see that game? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, oh I'm my goodness. Sure. Did, did you see the last? Did you see the last play? Yep. I need to go back and watch that. But that, oh, that was my coach. That was my linebackers coach, Tom Allen. Um, yes. Oh really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't miss. Yeah. Yeah, he's my coach. Oh, that was a hell of a game. Oh, my God. It went down to overtime, last play of the game. The, the QB had to stretch that ball. You have to go back and watch it. Just go back and, like, Google the Penn State game, and they'll show you the highlights. You have to see, like, the last play. It's insane. It, it, was, absolute, it was absolutely insane. Um, but uh, so have, so I, I want to get at least a score prediction for this week's game out of, out of you, Billy, as an Ole Miss alum. So we got Ole Miss heading in to Nashville to take on Vanderbilt. What do you think the final score of this week's game is going to be? How is Vandy's offense looking? I, cause our defense is not looking good. So Vandy's offense, offense is averaging. Uh, <laughs> I, I did the math the other day. The Vandy's offense is averaging like three point eight yards per play, uh, which is l- dead last in all of college football. <laughs> oh wow! Shit. Oh jeez! <laughs> dead oh, last. Dead last. Oh man! In college I football. I think you might. Damn right. I think you should get off the podcast and go coach that offense up a little bit. Man. Oh, don't even get me started. <laughs> don't even get me started. Listen, man. listen, listen. Me and Ryan whipped those boys into shape. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Damn. Dead last. Let's see. What should I say? Um, obviously, Ole Miss is going to win, but I think we'll give up some points and maybe kind of take okay. out of the, the dead last range, but still down there. Um. <laughs> So let's, I'll, I'll say you guys will put up like what, like twenty-one points or so, and then we'll put up probably like. Oh 40. God! Thank you. That's yes, thank you. Please, I think. <laughs> please. I, I'd, say, I'd probably say uh, 58, 58, 21. 58, 21. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That 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 that. Wow. That that feels. Unfortunately, it feels about right. Um, that is that 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 is a darn shame. That is absolutely a darn shame. Um, but then, uh, Gus, you uh, after your first couple years at Alabama, you you headed over to SMU, correct? I did. Yep. Once I once I. But can, can I mention one thing before I forget it? Um, before we we go, so Gussie has a ring, and it says it's his national championship ring. Actually, it says what thirteen and one on it. Is it thirteen and one? Yeah, thirteen and one, and the one is Ole Miss. <laughs> oh my god! Before, yeah, yeah, and the season before that, um, you got now well. the one was wait wait was now, that you, well, was that up. the Katy Time Perry out. hottie toddy game when game day was in yeah. when no, game that day was LSU that was LSU no 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 that, no, was, that was Alabama oh. that was Alabama oh, I remember yeah. it well oh, okay I remember it well. Yeah. 
Tubby, Alabama, my senior year, and then um, then after I graduated, Ole Miss beat him again, and so that was the two seasons Gussie played there. We lost to Ole Miss both times. Yep. Now I, uh, I need to intervene here, Billy. Now, when I was at Vanderbilt, there's actually one team that I never lost to in the three the three times we played them. And that was Ole Miss. Yes. We beat y'all when I we went two and ten my sophomore year, and that one of those two games is Ole Miss. <laughs> My senior year, my, at Ole Miss, my senior year, we played you guys oh, no. at home. Ended up, oh no, that was my, uh, what that was my, no, my senior year, we played at your house. And then that was when Jordan threw that, that touchdown with like the last, like maybe 10 seconds left in the game. We were down like 27 to three or something like that. Ended up coming back to win it like the last six seconds. Um, one of your guys jumped off sides and made a free play. And, and Jordan chopped it up, and uh, we ended up winning the game with, like, 10 seconds left. That was my senior year. Um, but then we played you again my freshman year. We played you – we had uh, a great season my freshman year. But, uh, but anyways, yeah, the one team I actually never did lose to in college three times we played was, uh, was Ole Miss. I lost to Alabama every time, though. <laughs> yeah. Man, the SEC is crazy like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you just never know. Yeah. yeah. Right Dude, Al- oh, my gosh. Alabama, the, f- the field there – Incredible. I remember just being on that field, the grass. I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm on like a fairway or like a putting green. I was like, this is insane. That's just one thing that really stood out to me. I was like, maybe kind of, maybe kind of weird. I remember that I was like, wow, the grass is so nice here. It's nice. Yeah. It's, yeah it's soft. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, I, of course, after I leave, uh, after I graduated Ole Miss, they, they moved to a grass field, just like Alabama's. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So see, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. My, I think I have a preference. I think I like turf better than grass, but I don't know. That's just me. Now, do you like Ryan? Like ask me one or the other. You know, I feel like because I don't. I never really like the transition, especially from practice. Well, I like the consistency. The consistency of I like the consistency of turf. You pretty much know what you're going to get, like versus grass. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a crapshoot. Like you know, especially if you have weather bad weather maybe a day before or two you know you have to figure out what kind of spikes you're going to wear are you going to wear longer spikes or are you going to wear molds or are you going to wear like actual like screw-ins so like turf i knew what i was going to get every time i don't know that was just that's just personal preference yeah but i'd much rather be tackled on grass than on turf well i see that's the thing i'm not tackling yeah <laughs> I, guess, I guess i guess that's the difference if you're maybe a linebacker or you're a running back see the, the goal of the offensive lineman is to not be on the ground <laughs> yeah yeah that's the goal of the O-line, do not fall on the ground. So See, that's that's where it helps for a linebacker on the grass, you know, in like a wet type of day where it's all slippery mm-hmm. and stuff and you got the big guys slipping around. I like uh, that. I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. It depends what position you play, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay, so still got a lot to cover. I want to talk a little bit about – still still being in college. I wanted to talk about, I guess, some of the um, – one of the questions I had was – you know, being a member of the Bush family, obviously you guys have a, a, a long lineage and, um, you know, obviously anyone that's, in, you know, anyone that has ever drinking a, you know, a beer obviously can look on there and see AB. Um, going into college, was there any sort of like stigmatism or like pressure on you guys, like being a part of the Bush family? Like when you arrived on campus, was there like any sort of pressure on you guys to feel like you got to be a frat star 
or like you got to just be the guy who like parties all the time because obviously there's this kind of like unspoken like when you get to college like everyone drinks there's you know there's like partying and stuff did you guys feel like you had that kind of pressure when you stepped on campus or like maybe not even in college when you guys go anywhere do you do you kind of feel like you know people like expect to be like oh these guys these guys you know these guys party or something yeah for me with college no not really when i i actually went in and it was pretty under the radar it's kind of weird nobody yeah nobody really like because coach Saban probably was the only coach that and sure some other coaches knew but like he was one of the only coaches that knew where I came from and coach Cochran, our strength coach at the time who we were mainly around in the summer had no idea. So mm-hmm. and the assistants didn't know. So they'd come up to me, like be weird. One, every one coach every day would kind of come up and be like, wait, are you Anheuser-Busch family from St. Louis? And I'd be like, Oh yeah. yeah. So they would, all the coaches kind of like found out throughout the summer. And then another mm-hmm. time throughout summer workouts like coach Cochran would yell at be like come on Bud Light let's go Bush and all the that's when I found out before that one of my friends no one no one really knew kind of stayed quiet oh, okay. which, which was nice um, did you try is that something you guys have always tried to kind of keep under wrap I guess you um, pick your I guess you pick you pick your battles probably sometimes yeah yeah I like, yeah I like just keep it kind of chill until you have a close friend then it's like yeah then you figure it out but but yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, too yeah. much, and then they want to. You don't want to make back. friends or girlfriends or any sort of relationship for the wrong reasons, right? So Absolutely. I, we were never about flaunting it and using that as a way to actually like get something. Yeah. we've never been. I got you. Yeah, I guess I just I just didn't know if the word maybe spread quickly, and then maybe it was just was like some sort of pressure on you guys to kind of feel like maybe that was someone you had to live up to, or maybe like a. You know. Yeah, now, now for me at Ole Miss, the word definitely did spread quickly, especially throughout the fraternities. And I had all these like dudes from these frats hitting me up, wanting to take me out. That's exactly okay. Like, Here, that's my point. Yeah, like, yeah, they wanted to like recruit <laughs> me heavily to like join their frats. I think everybody assumed I was just gonna like stock them up with kegs for every single party. Um, oh god! I never joined a frat because obviously football is like a frat. You didn't need did. it. Yeah, why? You don't yeah. need a frat. No, I, I, I had enough, you know, of uh, grown ass dudes or, yelling yeah. at me every single day. I didn't need people my age or a little bit older, you know, getting in my face. I don't Could you imagine? Can you imagine some five two, Dude, 100, no. 120 oh, pound kid getting in trouble. your grill? Yeah, I would have gotten <laughs> a lot of trouble, man. Yeah, I, same. I don't. You really don't. I don't see the need to be, you know, to join a fraternity, especially when you got a fraternity of. Of your brothers, that, man. Football, football you know? was amazing too because you could always use that. You'd be like, nah, man. I mean, I, I mean, thanks for taking me out. Thanks for letting me drink your booze and stuff and go to your parties, but I gotta play football. So yeah, I'm not so, yeah and then yeah, and, no and nobody ever got bitter about that either. Because did your dad because your dad your dad was a you know, he played in college, so he kind of used football because uh, my father kind of used football to teach me experiences in life. You know, obviously, we learn a lot of things about time management. We learn how to, you know, work together as a team, those types of things. Did your father kind of instill those same kind of, uh, you know, things in your life as well through football? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Uh, dad, dad, uh, you know. he'll. Your dad's still a beast, by the way. For anyone who doesn't know, you got to check out. I mean, he's posts those videos on Instagram <laughs> of him working out and stuff. And then he, like, cracks eggs, eats raw eggs, h- hiking up mountains, biking, and chugs a beer when he gets to the top. <laughs> yeah, he's a freak. Yeah, yeah he's a freak. Um, 
but yeah, like dad, he'll, he'll mix up our names and, and stuff like that. You know, he'll forget some things, but he'll never forget his Mizzou fight song. <laughs> uh, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So like, he'll, yeah, yeah. He's definitely used um, football to teach us life lessons and yeah. we just grew up on those, you know, those stories, those experiences and, and lived it through them and then eventually got to experience it for ourselves. And I don't know about you, but the second I got, you know, my first kickoff in and I was just like, damn, that was always right. This is amazing. It's like worth all that, putting all of that, uh, um, you know, time and energy and, and everything into just for those With, um with all the research and stuff going on nowadays, obviously we're, you know, we're more connected than ever and all this data showing the, uh, you know, concussions and those sort of illnesses that I guess, you know, could come afterwards of playing with all that. Or if you guys had kids with that information, would you still let your kids play, play football? I am only, it's up to them, honestly. I want okay. them to decide for themselves. I'm not going to force yeah. them to do anything they don't want to do. Um, yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I ask myself. You know, I. Yeah, I guess I ask myself that sometimes too. You know, I guess I'll. I won't know. What, I guess until I become a parent someday, and I maybe get put in that situation. But, you know, maybe Gus, like you said, if I would have played two or three more years, you may not be able to walk these days. Yeah, I, I have. You know, I ended up playing another five years after I graduated Mandy. And uh, I just turned, I'm turned 30 this year and man, I, I don't know what it is about being 30, but my back hurts, my shoulders <laughs> hurt, my hands, my knees hurt constantly. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, there's no way other 30 year olds feel this bad. Like, yeah. but, um, you yeah, know, I we, guess I, I still, I still wouldn't sacrifice any of it. You know, I, I don't think I would ever do anything different. No, know? absolutely not. Yeah. I, I would have gone past you know, the five years I put in at Ole Miss, I remember they signed me up for the pro day at Ole Miss. And I was like, no, nah, man, take me off that. I don't even want to worry about that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously, yeah, uh, Gus, I mean, you're playing, you know, really high level polo right now. Um, mm -hmm. Billy, have there, have you got, have you, either of you guys gotten involved in any other sports outside of football and, and polo, either in your collegiate or adult lives? No, I am not just polo. Uh, no, not really. Um, I'm getting more and more in Billy's, po like, Billy's posing for men's health. Yeah, I mean, if you follow your Instagram, dude, like, you, I mean, you're just in the gym, it seems like 24 seven. So yeah, man, pushing the sled. I can't believe dude, this guy pushes a sled constantly. Who in the hell in the right mind <laughs> ever would like volunteer to push a sled? Or flip tires. I don't know why. That's that's fun. It's fun for me. Fun. I don't, I don't really know why. I love. I love. I just love the challenge. I love like, because yeah. you also have to get your mind right for it. You know, like I like. I mm. like where it's all physical, but then also mental. I yeah. like both, connecting both things. Uh, and Gus, you were talking a little bit about right when we uh, right before we started airing the show. You're traveling still quite a bit with Polo. You said you're going to be in Florida, I guess, till December. You guys are heading up. You're back and forth. I, if you look on your Instagram, I know you're out in Colorado quite a bit. Tell us a little bit about for someone who doesn't know anything about Polo. What is that? What is that industry like? Is that someone like can anyone join that industry, or is that some is that something you know that's only offered to you know? I don't. Know, I think of Polo. I'm like. Yeah. I don't even know. I, I mean, where, where do I go? To I, well, when someone says polo, I think like of that. Tommy Ilfig. I, I think of what Tommy is it? Ralph, Ilfiger, yeah. Ralph Lauren. <laughs> Ralph Lauren. That's what I'm looking for. No, yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough sport to get into just because 
horses are expensive, all the gear is expensive. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah. How, how'd you get, you get into it? How'd you get into it? Just riding horses your whole life? Or? And that's how most people oh, okay. get into it because their, their families play. And it's, it's the biggest in Argentina. It's, in Argentina, polo is like, like kind of like NFL to America. It's like soccer mm-hmm. there and then, and then rugby polo. And most people that grow up play, it's a generational sport for them. And so, yeah, here it's just, it's not as organized as football or baseball, basketball, NHL. Yeah. Weird in that aspect, but it's similar in other ways. There's sponsors. Is that, but, how long can you play that sport? I mean, is that something you can continue to play for years and years? Or is it kind of like football? Like, hey, you got, you know, only a few good years. You know, they say NFL, not for long. Is that kind of the same? Is that kind of the same thing with polo or what's the, you know, what's the cap off, I guess, what's the age group kind of cap off on polo? Yeah, I mean, not quite like football, but, but similar. You're, you're like in your prime from probably 28 to 35, I guess, most people oh. are prime. Wow, that's but a little older I than think, I expected. Yeah, the mm-hmm. best the best player in the world, and he has been for the past 20 or so years, is actually about, he's kind of like the Tom Brady of polo. He's like 45, 46. So there, there can be older players that that still are damn good because I mean it, the polo is probably eighty percent of the horse, so the rider has to be great with the hand-eye coordination and a great rider, great jockey. But but being able to organize your your horses and there's just so much that goes into it besides yourself that uh, how many horses uh, you can be a very good player for a long time. How many horses do you take with you? Are you on the same horse the entire match, or are you trading in and out? Like, how does that work? So in a game, I don't, I don't know. Any, I don't know anything about. We got line shifts like hockey, just hopping from horse to horse. Like, yeah, well, I got to. I got to imagine they get tired, and you might want to change out a horse. No, absolutely. So mm-hmm. they're, the horses we get a lot are from the racetrack. So they're they're American thoroughbreds, and like, what's a race? The horse race is like two three minutes, and um, oh, okay. polo game, you're going. You're pretty much you're you're going as hard as you are in a race besides you're stopping and turning which even wears out the horse more so a horse we get them really ready and fit but they're probably playing two or three minutes and then we're jumping off and switching to another so we probably go through eight or nine sometimes ten horses a game oh wow and so wow. I, travel, I'll bring I did not realize that i figured you might take a couple because i figured you know you gotta think you gotta think about you know, those horses, like anything, are going to get winded at some point, and, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to trade them out and get a fresh horse yeah. in there. Especially, you talk yeah. about 80%, 80% of the matches to the horse. Well, I, and I, yeah. one thing I was going to ask is, like, is there an ideal body type for, for polo? Because, I mean, obviously, like, jockeys, jockeys are tiny, like, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously, I mean, you played football in Alabama. You're not a small dude. So, like, yeah. what's the ideal? Is there an ideal body type? Does it depend on, like, position or role in the game? Could Billy, could Billy play polo? <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I could put a polo, but yeah, there's some big guys that play. But the idea, I mean, I guess the, the horses would get tired quick. Like, like if you looked at like 155 UFC fighter, like that's the kind of like that's what the body you should aspire to, like for as a polo kind player. Ideal. Like, someone that's yeah. light but also fucking tough as nails. Yeah, because yeah, like you can't be a jockey; you'll get knocked right off your horse because it's physical. But you also oh. can't, you don't want to wait too much because then you're tiring out your own horse. So. Yeah, there's some bumping and checking and even fights mm. and stuff. It gets pretty dirty. 
Yeah, so, 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 so you, I don't think of like I guess I don't think of like scrapping when I think of polo. Like in hockey, you know, I think you know those guys are guys go no teeth, you know, like black eyes. I don't think about that when I think of polo. But but then hey, we were talking again about the show, man. You got you got split open a few times. Yeah, this summer, this summer, one of my teammates uh, knocked a few guys' teeth out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, was it during? Was it during a match or after? Um, no, there's a there's a penalty, so the time was stopped. And the guy went up and just <laughs> clocked on one. Oh. <laughs> my oh, my man. dad's brother, the the best player in the world. I was actually just talking about my dad's brother knocked him off his horse, grabbed him, and punched him. And this dude was only like 16 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's some. It's it's dirty. I did not know that. Honestly, I learned something. I had no idea. That's I thought, amazing. You know, you're, it's like dainty. Yeah, you think like, like prim and did, proper with with, yeah. with, with with polo, right? Man, yeah. I tell you, I gotta start finding the polo channel on Saturdays. And exactly, yeah. It gets <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing. So, one thing I want to ask. Okay, so like, how how do you guys know each other? Like, seriously, like this? It's so Part, random. Like, in it, Dallas, it, well, it's 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 not it's not like you guys really played against each other. It's not like it's not like there. So I I need to know the backstory of how y'all met. Well, I don't know. I I first of all, let me interrupt. I'll just say that that uh, that Gussie and Billy, we've always just kind of had this like unspoken like, hey man, I'm gonna root for you, and you're gonna root for me. Like I like all their, shit, they like all my. Shit. You know, we used to like kind of kick it a little bit in Dallas. Um, but how I met them, I was out. I was with the Cowboys at the time. And, uh, you know, a few days a week, us and some other players would, would be out in downtown Dallas. I lived up in Frisco and Plano area. And so we would travel down to Dallas and, and go out and stuff. And I, I, don't, I forget who it was. One of the guys on the team had been there for a while. And I had some, I guess, friends that lived in Dallas. Because most of the time, like when you first get on a, you know, a team in the NFL, the only guys you know in that city are normally the guys you play with, right? You spend like 90% of your time with the guys who you're working with, who you're playing with. So you don't typically know a whole lot of people in like a strange town. Like I didn't really know anybody in Dallas. So 90% of the time you're spending all of your time with other players. And so I forget who it was. I don't know who it was that introduced us, but we were just kind of out one night and I forget where we were at that two-story bar or something like downtown Dallas. And someone introduced us and, uh, and I don't know, I guess what happened ever since then, we just kind of maybe connected, exchanged numbers. I remember y'all taking me like y'all's cousins, like nightclub or something. Uh, and like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went to dinner a few times. I don't know. That was yeah. a long time ago. I guess maybe uh, maybe they can talk about it a little bit better than I can. I don't know. Yeah, it was a while back. Yeah. I think all I remember is you were surrounded by all the girls, so I wanted to come up and, and try to take <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds like Ryan. It. Sounds like Ryan. That's not how I remember it. I'm married now, guys. <laughs> by the way, that's not how I remember. It. I remember you guys were all the girls, and I said, "Hey, guys, you know, take it easy. You know, make sure you're being respectful." I think that's. I think that's the way I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, I had, we were drinking beer all day, and then it started. Uh, it was about dinner time rolled around, and then somebody suggested grabbing a bite, and I was like that's a fucking great idea because I had the beer munchies bad. And then I think we all ate it like true lugs and got a big seafood tower. And I was like, yeah, going to we're grab just, a bio with some lime. Yeah. We the just, best land best in the world. Go to Dallas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was with a buddy Emmett. You know, you guys know Emmett. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was us four. We all ate that. And I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Hell yeah man. 
Yeah. Dude, yes. Well, we were we were with another offensive line buddy of mine who him and I actually were together in in New York, and then he ended up in Dallas, and then I ended up in Dallas, and then he left Dallas and ended up going to play with, uh, with Detroit. But yeah, me and Emmett, six seven, three hundred and twenty pounds, just humongous guy. But uh, you know that was the norm for us, man. We were going out. You know, we were going to uh, uh, what's that? What's that sushi restaurant in downtown Dallas? And uh, what's a really good sushi restaurant down there? Nobu, like Nobu. Did we even go? No, Nobu, Nobu. Oh, Nobu. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, we were uh, me and Emmett. We're like always going to downtown Dallas. We're like, let's go to Nobu, True Lugs. Like, let's hit up all these good spots. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember we went to dinner one night. We got the big seafood tower. We got the steaks with all the fixings. Man, that was uh, that was a good time. That that was a good time. But that was a different. You know, I was a different different time back then. I, I have to I had to change my ways a little bit. You know, I'm trying to trim down. You know, um, oh hey mom, <laughs> my mom's in town visiting. <laughs> hey Mrs. Um, Seymour, what's up? Anyways, that was that was a different time. Now I had to, I had to trim down a little bit. Where's you know, the baby. <laughs> what's that? Oh, the meatloaf. meatloaf. Mom, we want the meatloaf. <laughs> so. Oh, all right. Let's let's transition out of that. You're looking good. You're looking good. No, like so now I want to hear y'all. Oh, yeah. y'all, y'all now I need to know bit. y'all's best story going out with Ryan. Because I know you I got. Remember, I, 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 I remember that back. I remember y'all's cousins' nightclub or wherever we were at. What was it? Is that? Is it, am I saying that right? Didn't y'all have a cousin or something that had like a yeah, nightclub yeah. house? Yeah. Yeah, and they just let us do whatever we wanted there. We could go behind the bar and pull bottles and stuff, and <laughs> like even keep it open after close. And we, yeah, we could get in some trouble there. <laughs> yeah, I definitely remember a few nights being there. I don't know what was it called. I'm surprised you the remember Eberhard. them, Ryan. What was it called? The Eberhard. It's called the Eberhard, which is um, it's uh, the name of. Our great great grandfather, Adolphus Bush, who founded Budweiser, his father in law, Eberhard Anheuser. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that was uh that was some good time. Speak okay, speaking of speaking of the family lineage, how were you, you obviously I'm sure a lot of people know about your guys' show that came out this past year, uh, the Bush family brood. How were how what, did someone approach you guys about that or how did that kind of all get started? Um, well, we've been approached about it uh, a lot, um, even ever since we were little kids and our parents always passed on it, especially when we were younger. Um, and then it got to a point when we were all older, um, and AB had just been sold, uh, in 2008 and it just got to, and we started a new business, a new family business. And we are just thinking, you know, since we're all older now. Um, and we have these businesses and all this stuff going on. It just makes sense um, to actually consider this. And, and I mean, it's this. a great, great a marketing lot. tool, you know. For sure, Absolutely. for sure. And everything is 100% real in it. And we were fortunate enough to work with awesome people who, who let us do our own thing. We were never forced yeah. to, put, to do anything we didn't want to do. So that was it was great. That's good. I mean, obviously you, you worry when you sign up for something like that, like, okay, how scripted is this going to be? You know, do they have some sort of agenda that they're going to try to want our family to, you know, to betray? So that's good that you guys kind of had your own freedom to kind of do whatever you want. Obviously it showed on there on the, on the show. Um, what was it like? I mean, was it kind of different? Like, you know, having like cameras there at the house and like having producers and stuff, was it like, was it exciting? Was it kind of annoying at times? 
Um, I liked it. It was fun. I mean, with all the cameras, it probably took about a week is all to adjust, which wasn't bad. I mean, like the first week of everyone being there was kind of weird, but the production crew and everyone were, everyone was so friendly. We got to know them so quick. We were drinking with them after hours and stuff. Yes. It, it got so there. They became like family. Man. Yeah. They're like good friends. You know, we look at the dude who was, who was behind the camera or, 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 you know, all of them is like awesome. Just like family friend, you know, they're just great people. And we, it was yeah. just like messing around and having a great time. It was the fun. It was a fun show to watch. Um, you know, um, and so after the season, you know, after how long how long I guess after shooting did the did the show air? What was it? A few months. Yeah. Uh it took okay, several so months. pretty quick. Yeah. So pretty mm-hmm. quick then. Pretty quick yeah. then. Yeah. And then um I guess how did you, how did the, how did you guys leave off with the producers? I mean, have you guys talked about maybe a season two? I mean, is that like um, obviously COVID would have gotten other, obviously COVID's yeah. going to get in the way of that for sure. Have other, ne- yeah. other networks reached out to you? Like, has that kind of like snowballed into other things for for you and your family or you individually? Um. Well, right. Yeah. COVID definitely got in the way yeah. and slowed things up. But yeah. we're in the talks of doing another season with MTV. Awesome. Yeah, cool. nothing's guaranteed yet. We don't have anything locked down, but yeah, is that something? Cool. We'll but that's see. something you guys yeah. would be interested in doing, though. Well, yeah, yeah, season. definitely, definitely. Especially cool. now that we understand the direction and what they want from us and stuff. Um, a lot of the challenge with this first season was uh, just trying to, you know, really breathe life into this show and, and find direction and and uh, just really what they want. And so it's all totally clear now. Which is awesome. So I feel like guys is, the green light will just be full full steam ahead and super efficient. Have your guys' lives changed at all? I guess after the show. I mean, uh, I looked at your guys' you know social media followings. Those went to the roof. You know, did any did your lives change? I guess at all after the show aired. Really, not too much. Or just no. back, or just right back to the norm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the show the show aired, and I kept playing polo during yeah. March aired and. I've just been doing the same thing. I mean, I've got some I got stuff from the show and some partnerships and everything uh-huh. um, through Instagram with the following. But um, that's great, and that's really, yeah. I guess, what what the goal was was to maybe yeah, obviously exactly. excel your excel y'all's careers wherever you guys might be taking that, as well as you know, it definitely doesn't hurt to you know yeah. be a be a superstar and celeb. I mean, you know, but uh, I guess yeah. the next question was going to be, what's next for you guys? Are you guys um, you know what's on the horizon are you talking about maybe starting a new company are you guys still are you guys still involved with 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 beer at all or what's up with that uh yeah so we actually are we actually did break ground on the brewery just like how uh it, it was showing that process at the end there and we are going through with it uh with or without a show uh we're gonna have a farm brewery slash distillery and mm-hmm. uh, we're all also doing our own things on top of that so there's a lot in the works right now we're all gotcha. super busy do you need um, any official taste on. testers because ryan and i would like to volunteer our services yeah well, that's, <laughs> yeah we need it okay sounds Come good on. i'm there <laughs> yeah absolutely awesome man oh that's that, um that, well, that's guys, yeah well, matt do you, do you i have, have well more? i just have i have a beer question actually so you know, it, I know obviously like at the end of the show you guys broke ground in the new brewery which is amazing and so what 
where do you think sort of the beer market in America is headed right now? Obviously, we've seen the rise of like tons of craft breweries, you know, and especially like here in Nashville, right? Like we've had there's been a, a microbrewery explosion in Nashville and mm-hmm. everyone's going after like, you know, like craft IPAs and stuff like that. What where do you think the market is headed and what are you guys trying to do with your new brewery? Um, honestly, I feel like since it is, like you said, super oversaturated that, um, it needs to become more of like a destination thing, almost like what vineyards do, except for, for beers and whiskeys and stuff like that. So that's what we want to do. We want to have a farm brewery slash distillery, um, which is actually conveniently located in wine country here in Missouri. And that'd be like the first uh, vineyard for beer and whiskey where you drive through and you actually see the fields of like how we're growing the ingredients and everything similar to that of like wine grapes and stuff. So that way it's an experience when you get out there and um, you can enjoy the ambiance with like, uh, you know, locally homebrewed uh, brews and, and whiskeys. People, people love that. I know I would certainly love that. I think obviously that is a great point. I think, uh, you know, the, uh, go what's it what's the word <clears throat> what's the word uh where you go to see anywhere a- anyways yeah i think having a brewery where people will actually come and visit the brewery you know obviously have a chance to like test all the beers see how it gets made spend afternoons whether you're just eat, drinking beer or eating cheese have like a cheese plate or something like that the de- of destination breweries that's how i was trying to think destination yeah, yeah. like des- like destination breweries are obviously that, that i see that being a great fit for you guys i mean obviously people are always looking excuse they look at excuse to go do something you know rather yeah, than just go and sit rather than just go and sit in a bar where you can't hear people are screaming you know you can actually go to a brewery you know learn a little bit about edu- you know get educated while also have a good time right yeah, yeah, gorgeous, uh, yeah. gorgeous views and sexy ambiance. You know, great that's it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it. That's it, man. Um, well, guys, I really, really appreciate you guys' time tonight. <clears throat> um, thank you again for coming on the show. I really had a good time learning about Ole Miss and Alabama and your guys' football experience. A little about the TV show. We'll definitely want to have you guys on again soon. Yeah, for thank sure. You. Thanks for having us. It was great. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.